The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment, 2% at grocery stores, and 1% on all other purchases. Vilma's here. He's, he, first thing he does, he goes, what did you do last week? What did you do? Where, where are we at record-wise? And uh, I went 4-1, and one, so we're close. We're yep. close on this deal, but... We're gonna have to do have another perfect week again. We're not really. Cl- you're four under five hundred, and you're five hundred. I'm one up. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that's what I said. I just have to have another great week, and you have a bad one, and then it's gonna turn like that. It's not possible. If, if I'm, look, a, if I'm I, a closer. No. What I would do is just copy your pick, so there's no way I can lose. <laughs> but then I'll wait until you leave, and then I'll go back. <laughs> I'll go back and change him on you. So that means two hours of Jonathan Vilma already giving me a hard time. Yes. We got Vince Wilfork. Calling into the show. We have Jalen Rose calling into the show. We have Damian Woody in studio. So you and him can do, like, instead of the linebacker, what were you guys doing? It like backer chapter? Or what were you guys calling it? You backer and Bruce? chapter. I mean, that, you just made it sound so cheesy and corny. Yeah, man. but I think you said it, man. So that's I did not, not my say fault. backer chapter. I did not. What did you and Bruce I don't know what we called it. It was, it was good. You said it something like it was back or something. Back or something. I don't know what we called it. But Woody, I saw him Wednesday wearing an ugly, Ugly, ugly Boston College sweater. So we're definitely gonna have to talk about that. I know he's a Boston College guy, but ill. Yeah, don't you? Like, come on, can't you guys let anything rest down in Miami? No, like he's wearing a BC sweatshirt. No, he feels he feels good about no. his Eagles. No, what, listen, you know why? You know what always bothers me? I obviously a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> aside from that, aside from the, the Boston College thing that bothers me. Yeah, anytime you pull up anything good about Boston College. Anybody ever mentions anything good about Boston College? What what do they say? You already know I'm gonna say what are they what do they talk about? Um probably the lacrosse team. Yeah, no, right. uh Flutie to Phelan. Exactly. And who was that on? Miami. And oh, they, it's, that's right. It's like yeah, <laughs> stop it. It's like thirty two years by the way, old, you. by the way. Folks. Um almost. It got killed by Clemson. Almost. I don't. So wait. God, I mean, are you serious? We made like three movies about you guys. We yeah. made we, like the Thirty for Thirty series could be brought to you by the U. I, I, you guys yes. are on nonstop again. Like every time I turn my TV back on, yes. I see you guys. I'm so sick of all of you dudes. Why? Why are you sick of us? Because why? it's always the same stuff. Like if you guys can brag about all the crap that you did and all the stuff that was in the gray areas, <laughs> and that you were the outlaws, and that you were thugs, and then as soon as anybody else says that you were a thug. Then we're all jerks and we're racist and we don't get it. Like you guys wait, are so what? Like wait. you don't care if right, right. you embrace all of it. I'm I, hot. No, I'm ready to go, Vilma. I you come that. in here, you start you, pushing you, me around. Wait, no way. No. I'm pushing. <laughs> Rosillo, folks. <laughs> Where did this come from, Ryan? Because I saw you last night in the you invented swagger T-shirt yes. with the big chain we on, did. talking about one of your we teammates did. accused. The, the state of Florida oh tearing down the Orange Bowl to erase the memory of hurricane football. That could or, possibly be true. Or to increase revenues <laughs> in a new stadium. That could possibly be true. I don't even know what we were starting the show with. I today. don't know. Saruti, what did I get into? Like, what's going on? Is this months of pent up aggression? Clearly, I was just annoyed that anytime you think of Boston College and football, you hear of the Flutie Hail Mary and then Miami's associated with that. that that's where I was I coming from. I think historically, you guys are up on BC. I'm not, so. I, I'm not I'm not a researcher by trade, saying, but I think you got him. I would just like that they would let that highlight die. That's all. <laughs> that's it. Just let you that have highlight so many die. Other highlights. That's fine. Just let that one die. 32 years. Just let it die. Let it go. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's just, come on, man. What else is BC going to run? 
Beer Brom highlights? Lacrosse. Lacrosse. They're uh, really good they, at lacrosse. They beat they did beat UNC that year. I don't know if Serge Jwicker was on that team. It may have been Montrose. See? Uh all right, all right. I promise we won't do any flutie stuff today on the show. Uh, we weren't going to do we anything regardless. I'm sorry about my U rant. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? I like it. You are not the first to go on a U rant in front of me and uh, vent your displaced anger. That's all. It, that, that's all it really <laughs> no, is. No, it's not displaced. It's just it's very displaced. I f- I feel like the the movies about the U, although very good, and, and I like and very true and very true. Okay. It's just it's kind of one of those deals where it's like. You can't do that to our pledges. Only we can do that to our pledges. You can do it. We I enjoyed just, it. I just did it. Le- Lebatard and I have argued about it a lot in the past. So that's all. That's all. I think okay. we can move past it. Is there anything you would like to do, Vilma? Do wow. you have notes? I do have I, notes. I saw you just broke I, out. Yeah, you I, saw me bro- break out my notes. We've got that, like two minutes here in the segment. Well, we do little hoops. I'm just saying. We, say I, I actually do work and research. You know? What are <laughs> Vilma's notes I for do, Friday show? I do work. I do research. I do watch film and stuff. So, you know, when people are like, oh, what is this guy talking about? I, I actually no, I know, know you what I'm talking about. No, I know you do. You asked a question at the talent meeting on Wednesday. That surprised a bunch of us. Yeah. And uh, I got... Uh, flack from Ryan Clark because he was like, you can't ask questions at the talent meeting. That's like an assembly. You can't ask questions. I was like, dude, we, it, this is serious stuff. I need to know. I need to know. Okay, for those that don't understand, on Wednesday, every single talent, everybody that talks on the air All or 500 in print, of us. seriously, like 500 people, we were yeah. told numerous times the greatest collection of talent ever, and we're not even talking about the Warriors. Um, and it was impressive. It was kind of fun. I actually thought they did a it great was. job with it. But Vilma... Like if you had, like if there were odds on who was going to ask a question to like look good in front of the company, I was not trying to look good, <laughs> not not at all. You know where it stemmed from? We turned around, we're like, wait a minute, is that Vilma asking the first question in an assembly of five? So Ryan yeah. Clark told you not to ask the question after you did it. After I did it, he said I should not have done that. Uh, I a hundred percent disagree with them, and we got into a debate about that because I said, well, remember the the. The topics, and one of the topics was politics, mm-hmm. and not to bring politics into ESPN. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying not to, right? <laughs> and the the interesting thing is that I agree with it, because I was like, you know what? When I was a kid, and I was younger, teenager, I watched ESPN to watch sports and get away from whatever else is going on outside the world. You had a bad day, whatever's going on, right? Yeah, like so, the caucus. Right. Right. So uh, then, of course, we had some political movements and things transpire. Somebody became president, and then you know he, sta- he started. <laughs> he started bringing. I'm, I'm just saying he started yeah, right, bringing right. sports. Yep, and politics together. So you you had actually a great question. It was so a great was, question. Yeah. So my question was: if a high political figure starts to bring sports into politics, and then forces us to respond or defend ourselves, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. What's how, up now? How should we proceed? And guess what? They said we can go. It's <clears throat> what do you say? It's fair game right. after that yeah. point. Once they so, brought it up, whoever that could be. Yeah. Skipper, brought, Skipper said it is fair game. And I said, good. So because I would hate to be, I, I'm not even one of the people on, you know, like a Stuart uh, Scott or, you know, yeah, I'm not one of those guys, but I would hate to be, you know, let's just say it's, uh, I don't know. Give me, give me any one of the shows on ESPN. Uh, we'll just take first take. All right. Okay, first take. Right. So first take. Let's. I would hate to be on first take and uh, Donald Trump says something related to sports or whatever it is. Obviously something controversial, and then you're not allowed to talk about it. 
or you're not allowed to discuss it or you're not allowed to at least combat it. Yeah, all right. No, the question the question made a lot of sense. I felt like after that, I was like, man, Vilma looked really smart with that one. And then you were wondering, would somebody else raise their hand and go, like, how are the day-to-day operations day-to-day, you know? And <laughs> and they would go, we just we just spent two hours on that. Uh, all right, so, hey, we got Jalen. Let's talk with Jalen about all the hoop stuff. We've got Woody. We've got your guy, Vince Wilfork. Are you close with him? Yeah, that's my boy. That's your guy, that, right? That's my guy. Was he a year older than you on that ridiculous Miami no, team? No, same we class? came in same class. Okay. Uh, he came in the spring, but uh, same class. That's my guy. Okay, this is going to be fun today. We got Jonathan Ville for the next two hours. The Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio, ESPN News. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. And now another edition of Obvious News from GEICO. Experts now say that wearing more clothes in the winter will, in fact, help you be warmer. We asked cold victim Trent Patterson about this, and here's what he said. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I I was a little cold, put on a sweater, then wasn't cold. I was like, what? Also in Obvious News, GEICO makes it easy to save money and easy to reach them, with licensed agents available around the clock. So switching is a really smart decision. That's Obvious News from GEICO. Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio, waiting uh, on Jalen Rose here to grab him, talk some hoops. Did you watch last night's game, or are you traveling? Traveling. Yeah, right. So everybody is is obsessed with this LeBron James-Lonzo deal, where after the game, Cavs beat him. Not a huge shock. Right. Um, But there was... LeBron had a triple-double? Yeah. uh, He was awesome. He was awesome again. So they discovered audio... Mm-hmm. Of what was actually said. And shockingly, LeBron didn't say, hey, I'm going to sign with the Lakers this offseason. Uh, <laughs> the audio, although a little dicey, says that he's basically telling the rookie to find his zone, quote, stay locked in, keep his words private and out of the media saying it was just white noise. Uh, a user on Reddit basically got the transcript and heard it through a different foreign language. I mean, this stuff's nuts that they're out there. So it's exactly the whole kind of not empty praise, but just what you would expect it to be. Like, hey, right. man, young buck, keep your head up, keep fighting, keep grinding, on the grind, 247, whatever. Right. I, I'm just amazed that there are so many people that really believe that if some secret deal is going to go down with LeBron James, who's a, what, 14-year NBA veteran now, that he's going to pick the most exposed time right after a game, all the cameras on, smartphones out, everything, to sit there and dish out his secrets of the future? Like, come on. Come on, guys. What what are we really talking about? And the fact that people <laughs> really said, you know what, I need to know. Not like, hmm, I wonder what he said. I need to know what he told Ball. Why? Because 
I'm pretty sure he has a phone. Ball has a phone. And they if both they, have phones. They really that, yeah. want to get some information Sources. across. I'm pretty sure they can text. Okay, would you? what was your routine when you guys finished off a game in the NFL? Who would you go find? All the guys I'll, from the U? I would go find the guys from the U, uh, the guys I respected, uh, and, and or a coach that I've either coached with, coached under, or respected. Did an older player ever come over to you in the beginning of your career that you still remember now and like that meant a lot to you? Uh, not from the U. I had. Is it, can you respect anyone not from the U? Can I not respect or can I respect? <laughs> no, is there, okay, was there any non. I don't non know. Is there, is there a great I'll, story in there? Is there a great I story had, about a guy who came over to you and you were like, damn, that's awesome? You know what was awesome? I, when I went up against Marshall Falk and. Uh, Emmett Smith, my rookie year, and I remember going up against Marshall Falk, St. Louis, and uh, and they were, yeah, well, they they were towards just the end, the, right? Towards the end of the greatest show on turf. Uh, matter of fact, Stephen Jackson was. They were splitting time, but Stephen Jackson was fun to tackle, huh? No, not at all. But uh, watching <laughs> watching Marshall Falk, right? Um, then I'm, I'm like, man, wow, I'm playing against him. I had to cover him one on one, and in that game, just so happened, I ended up getting an interception. Returning for a touchdown. Who was the pass to? Uh, no, it was a tip pass. I took it, took it back, but I made a move on Marshall Falk down the sideline. So afterwards, you know, I scored. I didn't think about it until after the game. And I was like, wow. Oh my God. That was Marshall Falk. So Marshall Falk comes, comes up to me afterwards. And he's like, Hey man, you do a great job. Keep doing your thing, et cetera, et cetera. And <clears throat> of course, you know, you got to play it cool. Like, Oh yeah, thanks, Marshall. You know, first name basis. <laughs> thanks, Marshall. It's all good. And then, uh, Wait, do you think Falk really wanted to try to tackle you? Don't I can ruin, find don't, this. Listen, don't put shade on, <laughs> I'm not on, on my story. Okay. I'm only trying. Don't rain on my parade. I do believe that he wanted to tackle me. I do believe I made an awesome move. I can't wait to, to find this touchdown. video. So, <laughs> so, um, afterwards I'm on the bus, we lost and, you know, I was ticked off, but on the bus, I was like, wow, I called my dad and I was like, wow, Marshall Falk just, you know, he knows who I am. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty cool. Same thing happened with Emmett Smith. That was when he went to Arizona and uh, we went out there, played Arizona, same thing happened. And, uh, you know, that's when I kind of, I was feeling myself a little bit there. I, I thought I was pretty good. You see the move? Did you see it? No, I'm trying to find it. You didn't it see here. it yet? Uh, Saints Rams. This is 2004. 2000, uh, Saints Rams 2004 in St. Louis. And this no. might have been like a third quarter, if I remember correctly. Did you ever pick off Favre? I picked off Favre twice. Yeah, because there says there's there's one there's one page that says the 10 worst interceptions of Brett Favre's career. Two of them were to me. No, I'm trying to figure out oh. now if they're. I was gonna say, is it is it the worst because of me, or is it be the yeah, bad the, decision? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, this is. Uh, they're saying this one, NFC Championship game. That's so right. That's against the Saints. So that one, I made I made a check to get out of a defense to get the interception. So here it goes. Far start of the Vikings in their own ten yard line, drove down to the New Orleans thirty four, and second down, far operating out of shotgun through a pass intended for Sidney Rice. There you go, Carolina. Um, but it was intercepted by Saints linebacker Jonathan Vilma. Yes. So what was the score? Do you remember? Uh, that one? Yeah. Was it Wait, a key? at the time? No, was, I, don't, I don't remember the score. At was the that time. when you guys were accused of manslaughter against him or was that? Yeah, probably. That was, it was that game. It was no, guy. no, it was, well, all the games were accused of manslaughter. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, but there was that one Farb game during Bounty Gate where I swear I just watched video, just a rip yeah. of you attacking him. 
like zombies in The Walking Dead. It felt like this felt like, and there was no uh, because there was no flag thrown in that game. Either, there was right? no flag thrown in that game, and that was the biggest game at the time, the biggest game of my life, the biggest game of all of our lives. None of us had ever been to Super Bowl before that. Um, I think we had Heath Evans, who was on IR at the time. He was he had been a part of a Super Bowl, but to my recollection, nobody on our team had been to a Super Bowl. That was the game, the biggest game. I can't find the video. I'm gonna have to go ahead. What do you and find mean? It. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm not I'll like I'm not great at the, the the videos at the last minute here. I was hoping the staff, Jalen. Apparently, we're gonna we're gonna try to do that at two. We got we got the hands up. What are you doing tonight for a workout? Okay, um, I switched to now sets of eight, high, more high intensity uh, on the treadmill. I'm gonna go for three minutes, nonstop minute uh, break. Then two and a half minutes nonstop minute break. Two minutes minute break. One and a half minutes nonstop a minute break and a minute. Uh, I'm gonna do that at a speed of between eight and a half and nine miles, and that'll be my distance cardio. And then I'll go in and. Uh, get sets of eight on squats. Um, am I doing step ups? Yeah, squats, step ups, <laughs> a little <laughs> back work, shoulder work. So I can't wait. The point is that you know, um, it's kind of we call it shocking the system. So I've been doing sets of four, sets of three. Took a little break, and then now I go to sets of eight and build back that muscle endurance before I go and start to push the volume again. I just wish you posted all this on Instagram. Tweet no, the show no. through one eight hundred flowers dot com. Twitter feed at Rosillo Show. Don't stress over the holidays. 1-800-Flowers.com makes it easy to find great holiday presents for great prices, like up to 40% off of best-selling bouquets, arrangements, and holiday goodies to order. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash ESPN. Jalen, maybe, or we pick Steelers Pats. Okay, let's pick Steelers Pats. All Wait, right. who do you have? That's next, dude. That's the whole <laughs> point of the tease. It's ESPN Radio. Electricity charge inside, energy like a lightning strike. Take one spark and I will ignite. Never stopping, I won't stand by. Now that Human Resources Director Ryan Lee has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, he's really on top of his game. He even has his own hype song. I'm the best beyond belief. I got strength and got the speed. I've got the entire workforce. Complete with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. No, nobody catching up. They're not fast or strong enough. I've got that electricity charging Take one spot in. I'm attracting and engaging the best people every step of the way. Never stopping, I won't stand by. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Never stopping, I won't stand by. Sunday's game will likely determine home field advantage and the number one AFC seed. It's good to be in big games. It's better to be in big games than ones that nobody's watching. One point that Bill Belichick stressed was how Lavian Bell and Antonio Brown account for two-thirds of the Steelers' offense. New England has had their way with Pittsburgh in their last four meetings. Patriots are 4-0. and Patriots get a boost with the return of tight end Rob Gronkowski, who's back with the team after serving his one-week NFL suspension. You know, to be in these type games against these type people, it's an awesome thing. Always happy on a Friday to have Jonathan Vilma with us. Uh, Jalen may not be joining us. That doesn't mean we don't still have some stuff planned. Vince Wilfork, Damian Woody. But want to remind everybody, as you heard that lead-in, Pats, Steelers, the push for the playoffs has begun. Tune in for a Sunday football doubleheader. We get the Jets 
visiting the Saints and the Steelers host the Patriots. Pre-game begins at noon Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. You root for the Saints, right, against the Jets? I root for the Saints against the Jets, yes. Just wanted that on the record. Oh, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I thought that would be known. Yeah, I think everybody. I knew that. That's why. I, oh, I wasn't, okay. I wasn't yeah. asking like I already knew yeah. the answer. No, had had really good times with the Jets. Uh, I I do still. I love the fans. The fans were awesome. <clears throat> but um, you know, just the way it ended. And frankly, I don't have hard feelings because if it didn't end that way, I would have never gone to New Orleans and won a Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, it's good. But I had my my best moments in my career were with the Saints. As fans of the NFL, we watch yeah. things and we see versions of these teams that are can look. They can be vastly different week yeah. to week. The most consistent team in the NFL right now, Cleveland Browns. Okay, so <laughs> as I mean, that's because <laughs> no, we're talking about the bar. Real. Yeah, but I I know what to expect. And I go, yep, that looks a lot like last week. So <laughs> New England can have these stretches where they've been the worst defense in the NFL to start the season. Yeah. It looked like they fixed some of their things. Yardage-wise are still a mess, metric-wise are still a mess, but they're actually still top 5 in points that are actually allowed. So they go into it's a all Pittsburgh that matters, team. Ryan. Yeah. It's all that matters. You're right. It kind of is all that matters. Even though you can watch it and go, "Man, they give up a lot of big plays." And you go, "Okay, it's 18 points again, whatever." That's right. So, who are you picking with them going into Pittsburgh? New England's still favored in this game, by the way, by field goal here. Yeah, I'm taking Pittsburgh. Um, I would not be surprised if the Patriots won four and zero in the last four games, uh, but I think the perception right now is that Pittsburgh is not as good. Um, but when you look at their last three games, it's because of they've had these come from behind victories and they've given up a lot of points. So everyone's looking at prior to that Dolphins loss, the Patriots were ripping off victories. They they were blowouts versus who was it? Oakland Dolphins, uh, Buffalo blowout, blowout, blowout. So you say, oh, Patriots are back. And that stigma, deservedly so, is in your head from all the success they've had over the years. So when you look at Pittsburgh, you that say, yeah. you help but you know, feel that way? Yeah, exactly. And then uh, they lose to the Dolphins, so now everyone says, well, here's that added intangible. Like, oh, no, the Patriots lost. They're definitely going to win now. They're, they're going to come back angry and et cetera, et cetera. So I see why everyone is leaning towards the Patriots. Uh, but I think Pittsburgh is a good enough team. They're well-balanced. They obviously can put up points to, to win that game. Okay, so when I watch New England go up against Denver, you go, okay, the history for Denver isn't that great. And there is, as much as it is this week, who is playing, who is on the roster, there does seem to be certain franchises that have problems with franchises. And Pittsburgh has a problem with New England. Yeah. And I don't know, can New England, really, I should put it this way, is Pittsburgh all of a sudden going to be some different defensive thing? Are they going to see something with the way Miami goes? We're going to be single coverage. You have small receivers. You don't have Gronk. We're going to jam you guys up. they will have Gronk. So that's a little different. It obviously changes this a little bit, but yeah. what what ruined Pittsburgh in the playoffs last year against New England is that you're just going to stay in this coverage. Brady picks you apart, and he's putting up 30, and this is a, it's game over. Like, Why would Pittsburgh decide, would Tomlin decide, we need to be different defensively this week against them, knowing historically this matchup has not been – it's just not good for us the way we try to defend Brady? I think you you can't just change your defense in a week. When, when coaches – uh, scout and evaluate their team. They evaluate starting from training, uh, excuse me, from mini camp into training camp and then into the season. So what they do is they look at, they put different defenses out there in mini camp, training camp, and they say, all right, this is good for this team this year. This is good. Now they have the fundamentals that they usually run, but they're saying with this talent, we are better at running this, 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 right? 
Um, and then you go into the season and then you start to now actually compress what you're running and you do a few tweaks here and there. So I would, I would be very surprised and actually extremely doubt that Mike Tomlin is going to say, you're right, guys, we're going to just throw out everything we've done and we're going to run this defense now because they haven't run it. The defense, the players have not run it. So if the players haven't run it, how do you expect them to execute it well and forget well, well enough to beat Tom Brady? Like you don't do that. So what you have to do is find the matchups. And that's why you, you, people are starting to say NFL is becoming similar to NBA when, as far as matchups, because you have your defense that you run well. Now you have to figure out, all right, where are we vulnerable? How do we make up for that? Where are we strong? Who are we going to hang our hat on to, I don't know, blanket one side of the field? All right, this, this is your coverage. That's cat coverage. That's your guy the rest of the game. So we can figure out what we're going to do here. If they can do that, they can win the game. Can you help? Explain to me then, and I'm, I'm just talking like, talk to me like I'm a football moron here. Mm-hmm. But you are, but okay. <laughs> the, <laughs> like, what is too much change week to week? Like, you just said you can't change who you are as a defense, but it always feels like some of these other teams okay. can adapt. Like, what's the most you can adapt as an NFL defense in a week? Okay. So, the most you can adapt is how much you can put on one player to make the changes. So, for example, if you want to get to a 3-4 to a 4-3 front based on coverage, etc. then it's up to your whoever, signal caller, or whoever you want to deem that person to be able to say, okay, can we get this done? If you can get it done, then you can do it. If you can't, then there's only so much you can put on the table because the last thing you want is a Wednesday practice to have busted coverages. That means that they're not ready. You can't do it. And then you have to scale it back. So then you'll know. You'll know immediately. Like, hey, it's too much, and Correct. then we get to fix this thing. And it's always great, too, because when the team is too aggressive, they go, hey, we're just going to simplify things around here. Yeah. All right, coming up next, we're going to do more. We'll have all of our picks for the NFL weekend. But our Sixers All-Access Day here at ESPN, we're going to talk with their CEO, Scott O'Neill, on playing pickup hoops the day of games and the transition from the process to actual victories now. It's ESPN Radio. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock, he constantly bricks threes, and he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With Geico, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with Geico. It's almost better than sports. I'm going to talk with Scott O'Neill, who is the CEO of the Sixers, with our all-access day for Philadelphia. So I'm talking to some sources, Scott. You're getting ready for this, but I also heard that you organized a 3 o'clock pickup game with the staff on most home game, day, like the day of. Is that true? That is 100% true. We could use another slow shooting guard that plays very little defense. I mean, Are you available? Well, I don't know. I, I, like, I like touches in the post. But, um, oh, you're in the pussy. Yeah, I I like to handle the ball. The only thing I have going for my game right now is my mouth. That's what I heard. I heard That's you it. talk a the, ton of oh, crap. Like, what's your deal? I am a classic, classic trash talker, and you know I play with a lot of you know it's a very young millennial type staff, and uh, and I can break them down and get in their heads in about eight seconds. <laughs> yeah, I have a competitive fight and a competitive fire, and it comes out full steam on that court at three o'clock today. So, all right, you're playing at three. Do guys from the team, because I've always talked to guys, you know, guys that played in the NBA that work in front offices or on staffs, and I'll say, like, do you ever play pickup? And you go, no, I don't ever want to do that because I don't want my current players to have little respect for me. Um, so do you worry about some of the players rolling through the facility and checking you guys out playing? 
Oh, they're long. They're long gone. They they have seen a little action though. Occasionally, we'll have a late night Friday night run, and, and the, our guys, you know, this this practice facility. I don't know if you've been down here, but it is a world class facility. So uh, in the off season, we'll have guys roll in here at ten o'clock at night, at midnight on Saturdays and weekends to get some shots off, and and oftentimes we'll have a run going. Okay, so how does your role change throughout the court? Like you're the CEO of the Sixers. It's it's kind of this league pass deal where everybody's so excited like you're they're watching a 500 team and every one of us that are nba guys that are freaking out be like oh the six are on again i'm in i know this year's been different obviously we want to get to that but like what do you do in the course of leading up to and then during a game sure well i mean you know listen i i the sweat is the most important thing at three but generally by the time we get to a game day um, we're getting ready for guests. We have the, the great ESPN boss, John Skipper, coming tonight, for example. Um, and so, we, you know, most of my game day is spent in meetings, prepping, and then setting up and entertaining at, at the game. It's not a bad way to make a living. Tell me, as, as an outsider, like, help us understand how tough it was at the end of Hinky and now the transition into Colangelo, because this is... You know, there are going to be books written about this thing once it's all said and done, depending on what level of success you reach as a team. Sure. Um, you know, it was uh, it was hard. I don't know how to put it in words or articulate it fairly enough, but it was excruciating pressure um, from from the media, from agents, from players, uh, coaching the coaching staff, um, the league from around, you know, players in and around the league, our friends from in and around the game of basketball, and, and the fans here, and um, and our our the you know the 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 most misused and misunderstood word in Philadelphia and around the basketball community is process. Um, but the process has always has never been about losing, not one single day. The process is about winning, and the process doesn't end. You know, I hear somebody say, "Is the process over?" Nah, the process isn't going to be over until we're uh, traipsing down Broad Street. Um, and and so for for our end, and even then, I guess that would be just the beginning. And so from for but it was very very difficult, um, and they, we had some very difficult days. And when you walked in here, like in this office, you just found a bright light. It was when we stepped outside or had to tackle and read the media or or talk to friends or walk into a family barbecue. That's when it got dicey and uncomfortable. But uh, but we we've had a strong resolve as to what we were trying to accomplish. We understood what we walked into, and and we have we've had our eye on the prize since day one. I felt like Sam was so unapologetic about it that it hurt him. That other teams that have decided, okay, let's build up chances for a better draft pick, they would do it in a more publicly massaged way. They'd bring in a vet and sign him to like a fake two-year deal, and then be like, no, we're not doing that. And and Sam was just very direct. It's like, what's the point of pretending I'm doing something that I'm not doing? And I think on paper, the plan, it all sounds good. And then in the execution year three, it's just so painful. And then you allude to that pressure. So how frustrating was that for you when it felt like the way you just described it on the inside, you still were all on the same page, but clearly it felt like the league, some of your partners were going, we don't want this as part of our business anymore. If we said it once, we said it 10,000 times internally. It's like the great arbitrage and maybe the only arbitrage left in sports is patience. And there's not a lot of that to go around. That and a dose of humility, I think, are the two things that, that we could all use a little bit more of. And I, I think from our end, um, as, as the pressure outside intensified, um, we kept seeing signs of, of things happening. We kept seeing signs of, of Robert Covington emerging. We kept seeing um, 
signs of Joel kind of working to get back on the court and get healthy. And, and so we kept seeing Rashawn Holmes emerging kind of essentially out of nowhere. So we kept seeing the signs of things happening. And then we built this incredible $80 million training complex that's like a, you know, oasis. Um, so, so we kept seeing progress. The fans kept responding. You would go to our games. Remember, like even in that, that dreaded 10-win season, you'd go to our games. It'd be in the fourth quarter. We're down 20 points. And our, chance, our fans would be on their, on their feet chanting, defense, defense. I mean, it's enough to give you the chills. You know, and I, I've been through a lot of things in my career, a lot of ups and downs. You know, but I, I, I was part of the, the Linsanity hysteria at Madison Square <laughs> yeah, Garden that's right. when, I, when I worked with the Knicks. And I got to tell you, this dwarfs that. You know, and it, and this has legs. Um, Jeremy had a, had a great run, and it was a great three week hysteria. This is going to be a ten year hysteria. I mean, the the interest that we have. You know, I was in I was in London a couple months ago. Amazingly, like I'm walking on the street, and people are like, I have of course rocked in Sixers gear, and I get to trust the process across the street in an English accent. And I mean, it's unbelievable. And so from our end, um, yes, it was hard. Um, yes, we clearly had our eye on the prize. We, we made it through the rain, so to speak. And now, you know, we look around and you look at, I mean, it's from my perspective, I look at what Brian's been able to build in a really short time, and it's nothing short of spectacular. And I, I mean like an analytics platform with Alex Rucker, his, whose guy is off the charts. Um, you know, Ned Cohen, who we got from the league, Mark, who heads up Mark Eversley, who heads up our scouting, has kind of rebuilt our scouting infrastructure and kind of transformed who we are and who we aspire to be. And that is a world-class organization for a really long time. And that always starts with people, 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 and talent. And you, you mesh that experience with a coaching staff who has kept this locker room together and these players playing hard through a really, really tough stretch. And I don't know if there's another coach on the planet that can do what he was able to do in terms of culture and making this a wonderful place to play despite the losing. When I tell you that I walked in the gym in May and it was packed with guys, that never happens. I've been in the league for 25 years, never seen it before. And I know Van Gundy. There, Go ahead. Yeah. I'm saying all there because they want to be there, all there because they said, this is not acceptable, all there because they said, hey, we have higher aspirations. We want to get better. And the coaches, staff, they don't only meet them halfway. They, they'll meet them 75%, and they'll meet them any time of day or night. It's, it's an incredible – I will tell you, like, this has been an incredible place for five years. People are seeing it this year, which is great. But for us, man, the coach has driven so much incredible things here, and he's regarded, respected, and beloved in this city for it. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It really is. I'm happy for you guys. And I was kind of talking with one of your staff members last night going, you know, I remember when you talked about the first tier of teams in the NBA. The Sixers are always a part of that, and I want to see it happen again for that city. That's Scott O'Neill, the CEO of the 76ers. They are all access today on ESPN and coverage of their games tonight, 7 Eastern against the Thunder. Enjoyed it a lot, man. Ryan, anything, anytime, and we'd love to have you down for a game. Okay, I'm in, man. Let's do that. That is Scott O'Neill. CEO of the Sixers. He meant to watch a game, not to play. No, no, he was talking about gear. He definitely was not talking about tearaways. No, Um, (laughs) that's not your new gig. I'll get you a penny, Velma. (laughs) Shell Penzo Performance Line. Get instant gold status at Shell. Join the Fuel Rewards program now at fuelrewards.com slash gold. So the plan, Jalen checked in. We're good. It's going to be guest, guest, guest the rest of the way. Then our picks. Are you up for that? Are you up for that? I may have you just interview the guys, and I'm going to chill out the last hour. Be careful. I just want to chill, bro. The, you just want to Strider out of Benny Hanna. If you're, if you're not going to do any work here, then you have to go do work in the weight room. It's one or the other. 
I right. would gladly. <laughs> if you're not going to do you any work guys, here, you got to go work out. Hasselbeck did a pull-up uh, contest with Will Kane, but they did those Who won? kipping deals. Dude, they both went 30 deep. Oh, God. Impressive. Very but impressive. did you see the video of it? No. All right, we'll see if you're still impressed next.